one. How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for an episode of High Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penling, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. I am joined on Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022 by Ben Gorwitz. That means y'all know what time it is. Ben, say what's up to the people. What's going on? What's going on? NFC East is uh, today's podcast, which is always a thrilling division. Yeah, I don't know if y'all could sell it or not, but there's definitely a lot of sarcasm in Ben's voice. Before we talk about the NFC East, just real quick here, let's talk about the Deshaun Watson suspension. It was finally handed down by the NFL. It's only six games. Um, Some people, I mean, let's talk about it though here, Ben. Look, I think at the end of the day, the NFL, I mean, they called in obviously somebody from the outside to look into it, um, only giving him six games. Um, A lot of people were not happy with that. I mean, personally, I think it should have been eight or nine games. At the same time, the NFL didn't want to make make an example of him. I know a lot of people were outraged. At the same time, though, he was found innocent in a court of law. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not defending him and what he did. I mean, what he did was more – I mean, it's just more like – weird than necessarily it is like inappropriate you know what i mean because at the same time the girl still did it it's not like he like like forcefully made them do it so i mean i don't know i'm not gonna really get into the right and wrong things of it it's just definitely i mean i definitely thought he should have got more games but at the same time like I get, you know what I mean? I get both sides of the situation and whatnot. Ultimately, as a football guy, I'm happy to see Deshaun on the field. I think he's a good player and he's fun to watch. So, you know, it is, it's definitely an interesting topic. What do you think, Ben? Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because, like, previous cases that were kind of similar to this, like Roethlisberger, um, who was found guilty, I believe, got six games. Um, my My issue isn't with Deshaun necessarily it's with the inconsistency of NS- NFL disciplinary stuff so like how does Ray Rice get two how does Ray Rice get two games you know mm-hmm. well how also does... the Ray Rice video didn't come out until after he had punched her but then once he punched her remember he didn't get re-signed and got blackballed basically okay I guess that's fine um, I don't really love the Everyone's like free Calvin Ridley. The that's totally different. Like, yeah, gambling. I'm not saying Calvin really does not deserve a full game suspension. I will say that. I but think he, he does. Deserved to be suspended. He deserved to be suspended. I just think 12 games is too much. If Deshaun's getting six, like it's just nah. not to compare at all. I mean, I don't think you can compare it because it's two different things. I think Calvin Ridley definitely deserved to get suspended for the season, and that's not me hating him for sitting out. At the end of the day. I have friends who play pro sports, who work in pro sports. They say it is made abundantly clear. Like, it's literally like the clearest you could possibly make something that you cannot gamble on games. I mean, at the end of the day, gambling is a multi-billion dollar industry that has helped sports become even bigger than they already were and make the games become bigger as me as somebody who gambles on sports as much as I do. The last thing I want is to be calling into consideration if these games are rigged or not, if the players are gambling on it and whatnot. I think it is completely taboo. If you play in sports, you forfeit your right to gamble on on sports i think that's the way that things go and the way it should be so i think that calvin ridley deserved exactly what he got and honestly he's just a dipshit for doing it you know what i mean it's just like your boss no i don't i don't disagree yeah i don't disagree with that it's just weird that the nfl like publicly advertises that they're joint and like they're in a joint agreement with gambling companies now which listen the sport itself is different from the players that play in it that's that's clear to me but I don't know. It's just weird. Like a full game suspension 
seems a lot, but I mean, it is what it is. He ain't making the Falcons that much better this year. Obviously, <laughs> he would make them better, but they're not like I don't still don't think they're a playoff team with Calvin Ridley. But uh, I mean, the Deshaun thing—it's just like. I don't know. It, it's a weird situation. Like you said, I don't want to really talk about like right from wrong. I, I, I don't think it's We definitely don't right. condone what Deshaun did. Yeah, let's make that clear. Yeah. You don't need to get 30 massages in a two-month span or whatever the time frame was. Like that just seems unnecessary. Like go on Amazon and buy one of those therapeutic mas- massage guns. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think Deshaun um, can afford one or two of those. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I think – the like conspiracy part of it is that the Browns have like one of the easiest schedules in football uh, in the first six games. And like, I don't think it's that much of a coincidence that, so here's the two parts that bother me the most are the Browns have the easiest schedule in the first six games. I think the NFL could have looked at past cases and said, what did people get something similar to this? Roethlisberger got six and someone else, who I can't remember did something like this, got six games. So if they had a baseline that he would get around six, they have the easiest schedule through six games. I don't think that's a coincidence to me. But if it is, then it's just insane. The second part is um, – now I'm blanking. It's just, it's just lost my mind. But the if, if it comes back to me, I'll think of it. I just totally, totally left my mind. But the schedule part is weird to me. Oh, here it is. The Browns. So the Browns signed Deshaun Watson to one of the greatest contracts in sports history. He got the most guaranteed money uh, the NFL has seen, especially for Mm -hmm. quarterbacks. So what the Browns did, and I don't blame the Browns. It's a loophole in the system. I don't think they should have been allowed to do this. So the Browns, for the first year of Deshaun Watson's contract, his salary is only a million dollars. So what happens is his six games that he has suspended for you don't get paid for it. So that's the fine. You don't get paid for the games you don't play in. They only take, I forget the percentage of it. He's only losing like 300, I think it's like $330,000 that he loses because his contract's a million dollars. Like that's nothing when a guy signs for 200 and whatever million dollars that he signed for. So that's my problem, but it's wow. a loophole in the system. Yeah. So wow. his contract goes from 1 million to his second year, he gets like 20 something million per year. That, that kind of bothers me a little bit. That is absolutely crazy. You know, Ben's 100% right. I had to look that up for myself. That is insane. Like, actually, I did not even – they gets 46-46 with a $9 million signing bonus every single season. That's – So he gets to keep all of the signing bonus that he originally signed for and all of the money that he is guaranteed, the $240 million or whatever it is. Or, uh, mm-hmm. he's, he doesn't get fined from that. He only gets fined from his first-year salary. Because those are the games he doesn't play. That's crazy, actually. Yeah, that is kind of messed up. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it sucks they're not going to have Deshaun for those games. But, I mean, it's he definitely came out the winner in this situation. So, that's all we're going to say on that. Let's talk about our division here that we have for today. Today, we are going to talk about the NFC East. I mean, like Ben alluded to, this is arguably one of, if not the weakest divisions in football. Um, this it's division contains though. the, yeah, it is competitive. It's the Washington Commanders, the Dallas Cowboys, Eagles, and Giants. Um, ben, let's start things off, man. Let's talk about the uh, reigning champions of the division, Dallas Cowboys. So, Dallas Cowboys have had a lot of roster turnover. They lost key guys on the offensive line. Obviously, Amari Cooper's not there anymore. Um, 
Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard are back. They lost defensive end Grandy Gregory. Um, I know they lost some other guys as well. It's na- names Wilson. I'm drawing. Yeah, Cedric Wilson's no longer on the team. Um, trying to think if they if they had anybody else leave on defense. I feel like they had one other person leave on defense, but it looks like they've brought in Dante Fowler. If y'all could see my face right now, you'd be laughing. Um, they also <laughs> they um, they also have brought in. Um, to play wide receiver this season. They brought in James Washington, but he's hurt now. Um, Jalen Tolbert's a rookie who they're pretty high on. CeeDee Lamb's in the takeovers are number one. Um, ben, let's talk about him. What do you think? Yeah, so the news came out like a day or two ago that the Cowboys fear that um, James Washington fractured his foot. So that's, if I had to guess, anywhere between 10 to 13-week injury, 12 yep. to 14-week injury. So they're going to miss him for most of the season. Um, that's that's tough. I, I don't I can't say I really love their receiving room at this point. They had uh who was the Michael Gallup is still there, but he's hurt as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's gonna miss some time. He tore his ACL, he won't be ready to go yet. You know who's being linked yeah, to so, Dallas is ODB is Ob Del Beckham Jr., but he won't even be ready to I go at first. Yeah, but he'll be he'll be playing at least most of the season compared to Washington and Gallup. So yeah, their wide receiver room is really thin. Um Jerry Jones, who is probably the most outspoken owner of the NFL, came out a couple of days ago and said Zeke is Zeke better be. He basically said Zeke better be getting the ball. Like he doesn't really want to see split carries between Tony Pollard. He thinks Tony Pollard's a better receiving guy. Jerry Jones has really always been an idiot when he opens his mouth when in terms of X's and O's in football. Um, I di- completely disagree with that. I think Tony Pollard should get split carries for what he's shown the past two years, and he should get more receiving uh, um, targets than Zeke Elliott. So it's an interesting strategy. I don't know if the Cowboys coaches are really going to listen to Jerry Jones or not. I I wouldn't. Um, I think this team is a playoff team. Um, they should be the favorite to win the division. I don't know if I have them winning my division. I guess I'll get to that at the very end, but – I think they can make the playoffs whether they win it or not. It's just – I think it's the same story with the Cowboys. I don't think they're going to have postseason success with the roster, with the way it's constructed at this very moment. Yeah. Um, let's let's be honest here, Ben. I'm, Jerry Jones is an idiot. Like, for all the good yeah. things he does, he does so many bad things too. Like, for, like, Ezekiel Elliott, in my opinion at this point, is like Todd Gurley when the, Todd Gurley was on the Falcons. Like, that's the way I look at Ezekiel Elliott. I think he'd be a solid back inside the red zone, but outside the red zone, Ezekiel Elliott's seen his best day. This is Jerry Jones trying to cover his ass for giving him a terrible contract that he had to give him. And it is completely idiotic. Tony Pollard has showed – I mean, he had some of the most explosive plays Dallas's offense has had all season last year, whether it's in the kick game or, or getting the ball. I mean, I think this is the dumbest thing he's ever said. I was actually texting my Cowboys buddy earlier today when I was finishing up my research, and he was sending me the exact same quotes where basically Jerry Jones went on a rant about all of it and how he thinks Pollard's good. Next year, they can get out of – um out of Pollard's contracts. So I think they're out of a uh, Zeke's contract. So they're definitely going to do that. They only have to pay him $5 million next year if they cut him. And then he's completely off their books rather than paying him till 2026, which I mean, I would assume they do, but Jerry Jones is trying to cover his ass for being an idiot here and paying him. My opinion, Tony Pollard is one of the most 15 talented running backs in the NFL, if not a borderline top 10 guy. And I know that might be wild for saying if he got the reps that some of these and carry some of these other guys have, the stats and numbers would all be there. This guy's an explosive freak. 
I think Tony Pollard could honestly be the game changer because everything we've said, this team, I mean, they have they have Dalton Schultz, they have CeeDee Lamb, and that's it. I mean, they don't have Amari Cooper. They don't have Cedric Wilson anymore. This went from one of the most stacked-up offenses, not that stacked-up. I mean, Dak's a good quarterback, but Dak can't make up for all that. And let's be honest with Dak. Dak's like – I'm trying to think of a good comparison for Dak. Dak is like that – car for example that when you give him the premium oil you know what i mean that he runs he's humming he's driving well but when you give him that regular that that crap gas you know what i mean it's kind of like dak runs on fumes and gets hurt dak's not exactly he's been injured you know i mean i think that kellen moore calls good plays and whatnot but he doesn't have the weapons around him and dak's not tom brady he's not aaron Rodgers. he's not patrick mahomes he's not herbert he's not going to make up for not having these weapons you know what i mean so i think that this dallas offense is stupid and i think unleashing tony pollard might be the best option now maybe they're going to put him at slot or something like that i think putting him at slot might not be a bad idea because he did some of that stuff when he was in college but i mean I think he might be their next most dynamic guy outside of CeeDee Lamb, who's also a top five wide top. I won't say top five, but he's a top 10 wide receiver in the league. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, like when they get Gallup back and it's, it's obviously helpful, um, but who knows when he's coming back. I mean, he's going to miss at least the first third of the season. Yeah. And it's not uh, guaranteed not he's going to be good season, either. So. You know, he's coming off for ACL injury. It's going to take him some time. Yeah. I still think the team can make the playoffs, but. I just don't see them going as far as they're – they have high expectations every year. They put the pressure on themselves. So, uh, I mean, we'll see. I, I, I like Dak Prescott as a quarterback. Um, I, I just – I feel like I can't name that many quarterbacks that I'd rather have over Dak. So, I, I like him, but I agree with you that, like, yeah, he needs help. He needs weapons. But Dak consistently used to, at least – we'll see with this new receiving group, but used to throw for the most, uh, you know, top five yards in the NFL each season. So, he came up, he came back from the injury. He looked he still looked pretty good. Um, so we'll see what the Cowboys can do this year. I, I personally think they come in second in their division. Well, we know the offensive lines. I agree they're going to come in second because this division sucks. But, I mean, they still have Tyron Smith. He gets hurt all the time. They still have Zach Martin. But the rest of these guys, are they're missing their other three offensive linemen they usually have who are also in the top guys, like Layola Collins, one of them that comes to mind. I know right off the rip that they don't have any more on this offensive line. So, I, I think this offense is going to regress some. I mean, I I did – I will say this. I did nibble on Dak to, to lead the NFL in pass yards and CeeDee Lamb to lead the NFL in receiving yards. I just think Dallas plays a weak schedule because at the end of the day, this team I plays – 31st, strength the schedule. Yeah, them, the Eagles, the Commanders, and the Giants all play the easiest schedule in the NFL, but that's because they're matched up with the NFC North and the AFC South. So, I mean, they get the easier – each other. Yeah, and they get each other. So, I mean, they get to play a lot of cupcakes on those schedules. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I think this offense could put up numbers, but I don't think this team – like, I have Dallas going – I have Dallas either winning nine or eight games, which I haven't done my final tally if that puts them in the playoffs or not, but that's where I have them at. And I am actually looking pretty strongly at the Cowboys under 10 wins. The only reason why I haven't placed the bet yet is solely because they have the easiest schedule. But just real quick before we move to the next team, let's touch on their defense here real quick, Ben. Mika Parsons came in last year, was the defensive rookie of the year, was arguably the most like the most um, dynamic defensive player we've seen in a long time in the NFL with the way he can play all these same positions. The same way he he 
is good for them. I think he also hurts them a little bit, and they're very lucky with the fact that Trayvon Diggs led the NFL in interceptions again. I don't think he's going to do that twice in a row. I think he will get better in coverage, though, because he was the only corner that allowed over 1,000 yards receiving. But I also don't think this Dallas defense is good it used to be. Losing Randy Gregory is huge. Dante Fowler was getting blocked a lot by the Falcons one-on-one with tight ends and could do nothing with those matchups. I don't like this defense that much either. They do play an easy schedule. Demarcus Lawrence will get some big sacks on third down, so will Mika Parsons. But ultimately, I don't like it. Was who was the defensive end that was about to sign back for the Cowboys that he went to Denver? Was that Brady Gregory? Gregory? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you. I think Diggs will be better. Um, I mean, I think Parsons. I, yeah, I still feel like he'll be really good, but. I mean, we'll see. I, I agree that the strength of schedule should help them out, but at some point, if if you're, you know, if you have a big holes in your defense at multiple levels, it doesn't really matter who you play. They're just, it's going to look like Swiss cheese. So. Yeah, well, think about it too. Whichever job Parsons is doing, if Parsons is rushing the passer, the linebacking core is going to suffer a lot from it. All they have is Leighton Vanderash, who can't really stay on the field. Then on the flip side of things, if he's dropped back in coverage, the pass rusher is going to struggle without Randy Gregory. You know, so it's kind of like a lose lose situation here for Dallas. I mean, I feel like we are kind of crap shitting on them a little bit. I mean, it's not like they're going to be the worst team ever, but I mean, it just is they're the Cowboys. They should have high expectations. And Jerry Jones paying Ezekiel Ayla really came back to bite him in the ass right here. Um, let's talk about the next team in the division here. Let's go with the team that also made the playoffs. That is the Philadelphia Eagles. They have the 30th um, ranked schedule in the NFL. Um, the Eagles currently been in my opinion, had the best had the best draft slash offseason of any team in the league. The Eagles bring yeah. back starting quarterback Jalen Hurts, who's coming into his, I guess, his second full season as being the starting QB. Um, Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell are currently battling it out for the running back spot. A.J. Brown, who was essentially their first-round pick as they traded their first-round pick for him. Um, now Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins are the second and third receiver. They even have Zach Paschal, Jalen Rager, and Greg Ward to give them some depth. Dallas Goddard's back at tight end. They still have pretty much the same offense of line is Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey are still there. Defensive side of the ball, they still have Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Derek Barnett. They add Jordan Davis and Josh Sweat, who's still there. It gives them tons of depth at the defensive line, probably the deepest defensive line in the league. They did lose some guys at linebacker, but they drafted N'Kobe Dean. Um, they also got have Darius Slay back as well. Um, he's probably the best um, at his position in the league as he's rated the highest on Madden. I don't want to say Madden ratings are everything, but at the same time, they do know what they're doing there. Um, they brought in James Bradbury. They also still have Avante Maddox, and they brought in Jaquiski Tart as well. Ben, why don't you start us off on the Eagles? I mean, this team won nine. Uh, they won nine games last year. So, and they're 100% better this year. And I think they have an easier schedule this year. So, I, this is my pick to win the division. I, I don't even think – I think they brought in so much depth on the, like, offensive, like, receiver. And obviously, Dallas Goddard is a, is a good tight end in this league. That I don't think it really, like, solely relies on Hurts all that much as it mm-hmm. did in his first couple of years. So, just get the ball to your playmakers and let them do its job. And Hurts can also – a threat at running the football just as much as – Pretty much just as much as any other running quarterback we have in the league. I mean, maybe not on the same level as Lamar Jackson, but Jalen Hurts is a very effective runner. He was in college and has been in the pros so far, uh, which means it's just another weapon you have to deal with in the red zone. So I love the defense. I love that they bring in James Bradbury. I think he's a really good corner to mix with Slay. I also think they're good friends with each other because I remember Slay was like trying to recruit him in the offseason. Even Darius Slay's wife on Twitter was tweeting at James Bradbury, his wife, like 
get on over to Philly. So um, he's obviously familiar with yeah. the division with him coming from the Giants. So you mentioned the offseason. You and I agree on that. I mean, between Jordan Davis, it, the Nicobe Dean thing was so weird. Is he hurt? Is he not hurt? He's been practicing since day one. So I don't know what the rumors were that he slipped so far. Well, let's be honest too, Ben. We watched a lot of Georgia football. We live in the state of Georgia. We know who the best player was on that on that Georgia defense. Yeah, Jordan Davis is a beast and a freak of nature and all. It's N'Kobe Dean, in my opinion. He was they the guy who made everything happen, and they got both of them. I mean, that's that's amazing. And just being able to pair uh, Jordan Davis with the unbelievable edge rushers that they've had for so long now in Philly, it just solidifies the the rush defense, like. Good luck running up the middle on the Eagles now. If you drop back to pass, you got to get drop back to pass. You got to deal with their edge rushers. So, listen, I like what they did a lot. Um, I just think it's like I, I just don't feel like there's as much pressure on Jalen Hurts' shoulders. I think everyone is kind of caught in between, like, well, is he a franchise quarterback? Could this be his breakout year? He's a winner. I, he knows how to win football games. They won nine last year, and they're so much more talented this year around Jalen Hurts on both sides of the football. I I would I think I saw that their over is pretty juiced. I think it's like minus 145 because it's only their win total is like nine wins. So if you're fine with playing that juice, I think that's a pretty good over to take. Yeah, I'm I honestly already locked it in at eight and a half. Um look guys I, I got a lot of future bets and a lot of bets I'm gonna drop on y'all right here. I took Jalen Hurts to win MVP at 24 to 1. Um, I just sprinkled on that. I took the Eagles over eight and a half wins the night they got AJ Brown. Um, I took, I'm trying to think what else I took the Eagles to win the division at plus 200 odds. I assume that's come down in the one like 80 to 70 range. And I still endorse that as a big pick. And that might honestly be my max bet for the entire NFL offseason. The Eagles win this division at plus money. Um, look, I'm gonna get into it right here, guys. I love what the Eagles did. I thought they had a lot to build on from last year. They have the easiest schedule in the NFL. I think this team wins four, or I think they win anywhere between 15 to 12 games, which is going to be plenty enough to win this division. This the schedule is just so easy. I really only see two losses on here, potentially, if they're as good as I think they're going to be. So here's something crazy. I know we talk, I've talked about it a few times. I'm going to talk about it here again. Jalen Hurts is barely six feet tall. His offensive line is one of the tallest in the NFL. I think it's top three tallest in the NFL. His wide receivers last year, Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Rager were all below six feet tall. So odds are he was just throwing straight timing routes to them. Now he gets A.J. Brown in there. He's a top eight receiver in the NFL. I think this guy's enough to unleash the full potential of this offense. Jalen Hurts should be locked in and ready to go. This guy played at a high level in college football. He can do it again here just as a game manager, use his legs a little bit to open things up some too. With his defense as well, I think this is going to get back to these classic Eagles football teams. I think they're going to smack teams in the mouth. Nobody wants to go play there. One of the best home home field advantages in all of the NFL. I think the Eagles are going to have the best record in the NFL for all the reasons we've outlined. They absolutely killed the draft. The defense is loaded. They go along with a loaded-up offense. This team spent their money and made their plays in the right ways. I think the Eagles are going to be the best team in the NFL this season record-wise, although I will say this. I'll be backing up the Brinks truck against them, too, once they get that first-round buy and bet against them. I guarantee you this team will do nothing in the playoffs. I think they're a great regular season team. So they're kind of like the Titans of, of last year, basically. 
Yeah, pretty much. They're they're just that classic team, you know, or like even if you want to get an NBA comparison, they're like the Grizzlies, you know, they just whoop everybody's ass in the regular season. You're like, oh my gosh, this team's so good. First game of the playoffs, you know, they'll have the Chargers or Kansas City coming up. Or what am I saying? That's the AFC, but they'll have like the Buccaneers or somebody like that or the Rams coming to town or maybe the 49ers and they'll just get their ass handed to them. And you'll be like, wow, they're complete pretenders. So that's what I think is going to end up happening. I just think they have the easy schedule I, I would- a good team. I would um, take that bet for them to win the division. So, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. It might even be worth a sprinkle. I'll put it out on Twitter. I need to look it up still. I need, I'm trying to wait for the odds to come out, but for the best record in the NFL, I think it's worth a sprinkle on the Eagles. The odds will be up there. You probably risk like 15 bucks and win over like seven, $800, which I think is more than worth it for the team with the easiest schedule. They got that much better. Um, let's keep things rolling here, Ben. Let's talk about the, uh, San, or almost said the San Francisco. We got MLB trade deadline on the, on the mind. Let's talk about the New York football giants here. The New York giants bring an entirely new coaching roster as they bring, as the, they have completely scraped what they had last year going on. Um, they have Daniel Jones in at quarterback. Saquon Barkley's still there. Kenny Galladay, a wide receiver. Um, Kadarius Tony also at wide receiver. Sterling Shepard, hopefully he can stay healthy. Um, they did bring in Ricky Seals Jones at tight end. They bolster that offensive line a little bit, adding Evan Neal to the mix. Um, they also have Dexter Lawrence still on the D line. They add Leonard or Leonard Williams resigned. Sorry, Kayvon Thibodeau is their top one of their top draft picks. Him and Evan Neal were both their top ten picks. Um, they have Blake Martinez at linebacker. They did lose a little bit on the edge at edge, but I still like most of this. I mean, they have a decent secondary, but they are losing James Bradbury. Then Daniel Jones has all the playmakers he needs. What happens this year? This is last season, probably new management. Um, new general manager, new coach. My only thing is, like, what can Brian Dable do? Because mm-hmm. he's worked with a lot of successful quarterbacks, and his track record track record speaks for itself. They've gotten a lot better under him. I remember, I, and you know, I, I don't love this example, but I'm going to use it just because it's it's. I saw it firsthand. But when he coached at Alabama, he was the offensive coordinator. I just remember the quarterbacks he worked with talked about like the drills he would have them do in practice and his knowledge of the game. Like it's, he's a high intelligent guy when it comes to offense and quarterback play. Um, he was the bills. He was with the bills when Josh Allen was drafted and Josh Allen is his rookie season. You know, everyone was worried about his accuracy coming to the league and his rookie season. He wasn't that accurate. And then look at Josh Allen now. So Josh Allen was tremendous under Brian Daniel. I don't know if he can do, that with Daniel Jones in one year. I do think he can help Daniel Jones be better. Problem is the decision-making that Daniel Jones has. So for a quarterback that can run as often and as well as Daniel Jones is, and don't forget the play that he broke out and then tripped on his own feet. You remember that play? Yeah, I remember that. That was was the fastest recorded miles per hour speed that season in the NFL. Like Daniel Jones can run the football, but his huge problem is he fumbles. So why does he just stand in the pocket to get killed from the blind side instead of just trying to take off? So his decision-making has been terrible in his, what, four years in the NFL right now? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got to improve that. That's not really something the coach can help you out with. Uh, I think the defense will be pretty good for the Giants once again. I just don't know if they can score as often. And they have, they're just relying on too many people that get hurt. So if Saquon can stay healthy for a season, it's – obviously makes their offense so much better. 
Um, I just think the the Giants will be one of my teams that I play with the under on a decent amount in games because I think they can stop teams, but I like Daniel Jones is good for a turnover a game at least. Yeah, um, look, Daniel Jones shows some flashes, like you were saying, where that he looks or he looks like he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. He has some flashes where you're like, this guy's terrible. Personally, I think this is his last year in the NFL. I think this offense is set up great for the Giants to be in the draft next year and get somebody pretty good. Um, uh, first thing I will say about the defense, I don't think the defense is going to be as good. The way Don Martingale, he comes over from the Ravens, likes to play is he likes to blitz, 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 blitz. He's not going to be able to do that with his defense as their secondary. I don't think is good enough. Remember, the Ravens are very, very deep at corner. They're not deep at corner like that anymore, especially with losing Bradbury to the Eagles. Um, I think Tyrod Taylor should be able to get. They should be able to get pressure with four a lot. Yeah, I think Tyrod Taylor is going to is going to step in here and take the, over the starting job at some point in the season. I think Jones is going to get benched. I think this is really his last draw. Look, he has good weapons. I mean, Kenny Galladay got $17 million a year. was shit last year, but it's not like he can do any worse than he did last year. Sterling Shepard just got to stay on the field, man. And Kadarius Tony, we saw what he can do with the ball in his hands. He's a, he's a freak. I think they can fully unleash him. And also, too, I mean, Saquon Barkley, all the time. Ta- Saquon Barkley is one of the top five most talented running backs in the NFL. Just a matter of if he can get the blocking. I mean, they have Evan Neal now. They have Andrew Thomas. This offensive line should be able to protect and give them the time they need to get passes to open up the run lanes. I think if they can if they can really run Barkley a lot and get a lot out of him, that this offense could really unleash its ability, and maybe they don't have to rely on Daniel Jones to do as much as he's tried to do in the past. I think that he can be in a little bit better situations like that if they can get this run game going ultimately. Schedule is very easy for the Giants. I say five to six wins. They have some very winnable games. Like, let's put it this way. I counted five games where I think they'll be favored this season. I'd say out of those five games, they'll probably go three and two, but I think they'll also win at least two to three games that they have no business winning. So I think five to six wins is pretty reasonable for the Giants this year, but I think that ultimately they're going to be in the QB sweepstakes for next year. If you're a team where your biggest glaring issue is your quarterback and you feel like your quarterback is the, is the, is the position that's holding you back from five to six wins to eight to nine wins, let's say, do you want to finish the year with six wins? You may not get the best, you may not get the best two quarterbacks available in the draft at that point. So call me crazy, Ben. I'm not like, they're not going to tank, but that that's just kind of where, you don't want to be stuck in that position and needing a quarterback at that point. I agree with you. I was also doing a little thinking earlier when I was putting my notes together for Washington and for, I guess we can call them the commanders. Now I got to get Washington out of my head, but for them and the giants, um, these are the per- best landing spots in my opinion for Jimmy G. I think that these two teams, I don't have, disagree at all. Yeah, yeah. I think that both these two I, teams I are, are a Jimmy G away from winning. I mean, the NFC is not good. Let's be honest. The NFC is pretty terrible. I think the NFC has four good teams and the rest of the teams are complete garbage. I mean, that's why I'm that's part of the reason too why I'm predicting the Eagles to do so well this year and why I still think the Cowboys can win as many games as they can because the NFC sucks, you know? Like that's at the end of the day, that's why if the Cowboys were in the or the Eagles are in the AFC, they'd probably lose a lot more games than they will in the NFC this year. I mean, if Jimmy G came over and was the quarterback for the for the Giants, I think the Giants are a playoff team and could potentially, you know, I think the Giants could win 10 games if they had Jimmy G. Yeah, I was going to say I have a hot take, but after your statement, it may not be a hot take between us, but maybe the listeners think it's a hot take. I think if the Giants had Jimmy G. So, you, listen, you know I hate hypotheticals. All my good yeah. friends know I hate hypotheticals, but I'm going to give you one anyway. 
if Saquon Barkley Barkley stayed healthy for most of the season, mm-hmm. pretty much the whole season, I think if you added Jimmy G to this team, I think the Giants are better than the Cowboys. I would I would take the Giants to have a better record than the Cowboys if they had Jimmy G as their quarterback right now. I would I would be willing to take that bet even if it was at even money or a delay minus one twenty five. I would do it. I would. I agree. I agree with you completely. I don't think that's a hot take at all. Um, a quarterback is so important in football. Like it, it's the difference between you being average, you being good, or you being great, or you being horrible. Like it decides everything in football. Yeah, and let's be honest. The Giants have had so many first-round picks. They can cough up a third-round pick. They've had so many draft picks. They can cough up a third to go out and get Jimmy G. I think the 49ers would gladly say goodbye to Jimmy G for a third-round pick. So, As long as he's healthy because they did have that surgery in the offseason. That is true. That is true. He would have been he would have been traded by now if he didn't have surgery. No, I do agree with you completely on that. Pittsburgh is a great fit for him, too. On. All right, guys, we had to we had to take a quick break there for a second, but we are back to talk about the final team in this division. As we talked about a second ago, this team changed their name. It's like just when we got uh, got out of habit of calling the word that can potentially get them get you canceled, then we are calling on the Washington football team. Now we got to call them the Washington Commanders. Ben, I'm sick and tired of it, man. At least we're finally where we're at now. Um, let's talk about them here, though. <laughs> Commanders last year had brought in quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, who could not stay on the field. Then Taylor Heineke took over. They draft Sam Howell in the fourth round. They trade for Carson Wentz. Actually, Sam Howell might have even been later than that. It might have been like the sixth round. He's sitting third string right now on this roster. Is Heineke still there as well? Um, they still have Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. They drafted your boy, Brian Robinson, at running back. They have Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, Cam Sims, Deami Browns. So they do have some depth at wide receiver. Um, they have basically – actually, they lost um, one of their big offensive linemen. I can't remember who it is. And last year, Logan Thomas is going to start out the season injured a little bit, it looks like. Chase Young is also expected to not to maybe miss a couple of weeks. They still have this stacked defensive line, though, without him, even without him with Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. Um, they're going, other than that, they pretty much bring back the same secondary. Ben, what do you think about the commanders? The, the most interesting storyline for me is. Does more stuff come out of that Dan Snyder for him to forcefully sell the team versus what this team can do on the field? I just like, I actually like watching Taylor Heineke play. Um, Same. Just plays with a, a lot of confidence, a lot of grit, a lot of toughness. So I like watching that, but it's just like, I don't really, I don't really expect much from this team. I'm going to pick them to come in last. I don't think that's a glaring take. Um, you know, I like Ron Rivera. He's an easy guy to root for for all the stuff that he's had to overcome. Heineke's easy to root for. Terry McLaurin got paid very deservingly. Um, I let's just talk about the 2019 receiver class real quick. Like the Terry McLaurin was a part of that class. Everyone's been paid except for AJ Brown as of now. But he'll no, AJ Brown got paid. paid by the Eagles. Oh, that's right. He got the yeah, the, yeah. after the trade. Everyone like that. That wide receiver class is unbelievable, and they've all been – I think all of them have been paid for at this point. You want to know something crazy? I don't know if DK got his contractor yet, but DK probably looks like the best one out of all of them. But at this point now, DK looks like the DK, worst one out DK of them. DK just got paid. Oh, he did? DK just got paid. Okay, yeah. okay. Then all, We stand corrected. All of them have been paid. But it's kind of crazy. DK was probably the best one of them the first two years. Now DK is probably the has the least value out of all. Not, well, it's, it's more so because of who's throwing him the ball, though. You know what I mean? And he was kind of a diva. But, 
But yeah, let's talk about the commanders. You know, Ben, when I look at the commanders skill position players, they're pretty damn good. Jahan Dotson was a total game changer when he was in college. Logan Thomas is a beast at tight end. I mean, Curtis Samuel's not bad. I like Terry McLaurin a lot. I think he's slept on for as good of a wide receiver as he is. I think he's in an elite class and wide receiver. I think he's like one of those like top 15 receivers in the league, top 10 guys in the league. I mean, Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKenzie, Brian Robinson. I mean, none of those guys are exactly like top 15 guys, their position, but they're all really good and they're dynamic and catching the pass. Carson Wentz at the end of the day is the reason why this offense won't be good. Carson Wentz is actually really good at making big plays, but he's really bad. Yeah, on his short and intermediate throws, he holds on the ball too long and he's too turnover prone, almost like Daniel Jones at this point. Carson Wentz has never been the same player ever since he tore his knee up. Frank Reich even denounced him basically last year in Indianapolis. This entire thing, I, I just think it's going to get worse before it gets better with Carson Wentz. I don't think Carson Wentz will finish the season as playing quarterback here. I'm kind of interested to see if Sam Howell, our guy, ever gets a shot. Y'all remember we were a Sam Howell podcast. Unfortunately, he was not the guy that we thought he was. Um Ultimately, Ben, I think this team's in the exact same boat as the Giants. They they play an extremely easy schedule, so they, I've counted that they should have five games that they should be favored. They'll win two to three of those games, and then they'll win two to three games that they should not win. So I think five to six wins is pretty accurate season for the Washington Commanders, and ultimately, I think that this team is going to – to be between, honestly, you could flip a coin right now for who will come in last place between them and the Giants, but actually I'll give the Giants the nod because I like the defense a little bit more. Yeah, I was a big Carson Wentz guy. Um, I thought on the Colts, he maybe could have been that, you know, get back to a little bit of shine just to be an average quarterback. I am team Taylor Heineke now. Uh, I understand that you can't pay Carson Wentz what what you're paying him to to sit on the bench, but Taylor Heineke, I think, gives this team a better chance to win football games. I'm team Sam Howell. I want to see Sam Howell out there taking some snaps and throwing the ball a little bit to Diami Brown. By the way, I can't believe Diami Brown's their number four receiver. I mean, I don't know if he's not worth picking in fantasy football, but he's a guy worth keeping your eye on. I was actually reading because for whatever reason, I just like Diami Brown, that he made some big catches at camp and been wowing people. I think he's a guy who could maybe get some playing time later as the season goes on. The only problem is he's been such a stacked receiving room already, but I would love to see Sam Howell, Diami Brown connect for a touchdown this season. That's what I want to see about out of the commanders this year. Yeah, I don't I don't care to watch many commander football games this year. That's the that's the crazy thing about gambling, man, is you don't know who you're gonna be watching that week at the NFL. So uh, all I can say though is I hope my money's not on the commanders a lot of this season is all I can, is all I know. Um, Ben, let's rank them in the division one through one through four. I got Eagles coming in at one, Cowboys two, Giants three, Commanders four. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean it's tough to argue that. I just don't trust Daniel Jones enough. So, uh, Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders as well. Hey, maybe one of these teams listen to the podcast and will go out and trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Probably not, but we'll see what happens. I also think, just like one last thing about, like, if mm-hmm. people are listening to your comment about the Eagles possibly being the top seed in the NFC. Oh, you said best record in the NFL, but let's just say top seed in the NFC. If you look at all the other divisions, so the West is so competitive that they're going to beat mm-hmm. up at each other. If you're more of a college football guy, think of it as the Big Ten um, in basketball or in football. Yep. So then you get the NFC South, which on paper, it looks like the Bucs are a lot more talented than everyone. Sure. The Bucs are losing some offensive linemen. I think Tristan Wirfs is okay. I think it was just cramps that he left practice today on a, on a 
card, but they lost Ryan Jensen, yep. a huge loss at center. Um, and don't forget, I, I know that you hate them, but the Saints beat the Bucks with yep. Trevor Simeon playing quarterback one game and with a tight end. Um, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill playing quarterback the other game. So Taysom bum. I don't know why, like you don't, you can't count out the Saints. I get that different coach, different everything. I understand that, but can't count out them. Um, and then you know the only other division is is this uh, is the one we're talking about today. So, or I'm sorry, the North. Um, oh, I forgot the North. The North is interesting. We'll get to them when we get to them, but like, it's really not that competitive outside of Green Bay. Um, sure, Minnesota can can do a little bit maybe, but we'll see. We'll talk about them when we get to the NFC North. But in terms of like best record, it's not that glaring. If you think the Eagles are going to be really good for them to be the top team in the NFC, like the Titans were for the AFC last year. No, I see. I agree with you completely, Ben. I really just think this Eagles team is stacked up and it's the right place at the right time. I really like to the fact, like I heard that in-depth breakdown in the season last year of like Jalen Hurts not having big enough receivers. Well, now he has A.J. Brown, you know, and besides when you add a guy like A.J. Brown, look what they can do. I mean, look what A.J. Brown did for Tannehill. He made Tannehill statistically one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, Tannehill's, I, I would say Tannehill and Jalen Hurts are a about the same quarterback Jalen Hurts a little more athletic Tannehill can probably spin it a little better than he can but ultimately you know the two of them I mean are pretty much the same guy and Sirianni I mean did take this team to the I don't love Nick Sirianni but he did take them to the playoffs last year as a rookie quarter I just think there's too much value on the Eagles to not take them to win the division and to not take like futures with the Eagles you know I think there's too much value here not to um ultimately though guys for our final for, I mean we still have a lot more NFL previews to go I promise for our final like when we pick our awards our Super Bowl and all that stuff and our playoff teams when we do that final podcast the couple days before the season picks off I will have a full list of future bets for y'all I'm sure Ben will have some future bets for y'all too we're doing the acc season preview on thursday i have some future bets for y'all as well in the acc season preview so there's gonna be a lot of good stuff in there ben anything you want to say before we get up out of here no i think i'm good i was gonna do the eagles chant then just decided not to nah we can't do that i still hate philly um all right guys we appreciate everyone tuned in and we'll talk to y'all again soon